0: Hello, world. We are back, remotely, recording another DraftLine pod from a distance. Uh, we're happy to be here. It's been, a, it's been a good few days. We were able to speak with Pratik. for any of you that are not familiar with him, uh, and released uh, an episode today, actually, which is pretty fun. So it's good to be back. How are you
1: doing, JD? Who are we with today? Doing so well and so stoked to have my good friend Amanda Shea here with us. Say hi, Amanda.
2: Hi.
1: What up? What's so, up? Uh, <laughs> so I met Amanda at Canopy Room for the first time months and months ago, where she came to an open mic that we had. And um she met DM'd me on Instagram, like, hey, I want to come and came and shared both some stories, some spoken word, and she sang and it was absolutely amazing and we just connected at that point. And I we've become friends ever since and I I adore her and everything that she does. So I'm super so so fucking stoked to have her here today.
2: Um, I'm so stoked to be here. You're awesome.
1: Uh, are you ready
0: to drink some beer? The second we start complimenting him, he uh, finds a way to distract and take out the beer.
2: I love J.D. Awesome energy, amazing soul. He's just everything. So I'm like super honored to be here. And Matt, you're cool. <laughs> I don't know how you dealt with me in these technical issues, but I love oh, you. Oh, we here. We out here <laughs> I love it. you.
1: <laughs> Doing the damn thing. Yeah,
0: super, super grateful to have you here. Thanks. Making memories, even when we can't uh, hug and see each other in person, and you know,
1: enjoy the the community that we're all a part of. So I'm I'm glad to be here. All right, so let's dive into the beer. This is the first. I'm kind of sad because this is the first beer time that Matt and I won't be able to drink the same beer at the same time. But what is more than dope is that we have this Pipeworks, which is from Chicago, where Matt is from. And you and I, Amanda, we can uh, drink it. So we're drinking honor me. Chicago beer in honor of Matt at the same time, which I'm, I'm stoked about.
0: I think you'll enjoy it. Pipeworks is a good brewery.
1: All right. Cheers. So this is just a, this is their premium Pilsner. It's just a basic uh, German German Pilsner. Um, and Amanda, I know you said you like lagers. They are so a Pilsner is just a a version of a lager so that's that's all
2: we got love loggers
1: yes all right cheers guys Cheers.
2: oh that's good
1: it's good it's crisp like a little floral matt matt what are you drinking do you want to introduce to us what you're sipping on it yeah
0: definitely i i um I could not have the same beer, so this is a a monumental, uh, surreal experience, but I did grab the same style. I have a Pilsner from Finback, which is a brewery that JD uh, exposed me to when we lived together, Um, but I was not aware it was in my new neighborhood until a few days ago. So on the absolutely perfect day we had, I made a bike trip out of it, and I came back with this puppy called Perpetual Pilsner. Uh, and it is very good. I had one last night as well. Uh, it's the closest I can get to, to your guys's, uh, beer choice. And Amanda, can we talk about the, uh, the flute that you're drinking this beer out of?
2: Yes. So I got this flute from Brandy Blaze's, um, late bloomer release party. Mm. And, um, it was December 7th, 2019, um, and I was just like, what better occasion to drink beer out of a flute than like right now? I want to feel fancy.
1: Fuck drink yeah. that with your pinky out.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: and, and just give me all the Brandy Blaze I can get at this point, you know?
2: Isn't she incredible? She's yeah. just incredible. It was a really good release. Um, album's doing great. Um, I'm really excited. I love working with her. But this beer is also really good. And. I want to know where I can purchase this because this definitely should be in my fridge. Like at all times, this is so good. I'm like really impressed.
1: Oh, it, they do a damn good job on their Pilsner. It's, it's easy. It's, it's crisp. It's a perfect, like as we're getting into summer, it's a perfect summer beer. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Especially as it's kind of what I call a lawnmower beer to where after you like you've been outside, you sweated a little bit, come inside, or like outside on the porch, just like pop on open, like refreshing light. Yeah. <laughs> ABV, not like a 7 or 8% IPA that's going to blow your socks off. This is just crisp. Crystal- that we'll get into soon. But-
2: that was an awesome description. <laughs> like I could visualize everything that you just said.
1: Yes. And it's, You know, I don't know your like what lagers you've had. I know you said that you you enjoy Sam Adams. Is that right?
2: I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, I feel like this is a better representation of an actual like Pilsner of an actual lager than what Sam Adams does. Um,
0: But one thing, Amanda, that's super cool too is that like from the craft beer perspective, um, Sometimes it's the lightest beers that are the most difficult to make in terms of the subtle differences of flavor that can exist. With a hoppy beer or a really dark porter or stout, yeah, there are challenges that are different on that side, but there are, like, in some cases, like if it's a really hoppy beer, it can cover up some another flavor profile you're not liking. Mm. But with these lagers and these pilsners and these light beers, it's so pure that it not only could go wrong easier because. The flavors are kind of more in the open, but it takes longer to brew them as well.
2: That's interesting. I would honestly think the opposite. Like I would think the more hops, the more difficult to make the beer. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm going to learn so much. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's true. Like IPAs, you can throw in and then three, four weeks later, you've got a beer. That's why it's a craft. These things take time. They take. Effort they take patience to uh, uh, to make happen and to make happen well, definitely. Um,
0: so, for those in our listener base that are not familiar with you, Amanda, um, we want them to know who you are. So, we are uh, the the Cliff Notes of you as a creative in the Boston artistic community is that. You are a poet, you're a host, you're a publicist for Brandy Blaze specifically, who we mentioned before, but you're much more than that. You are a consultant, you're a brand representative, you're a curator, you're a personality. And as JD mentioned, you not only are in the spoken word realm, but you're also trying out different art forms in singing and visual art, to my understanding. Yes. Uh, How how can you juggle that many things at once? How does Um, one do that?
2: it's it's hard (laughs) but um I think the beauty of everything is is the fact that like they all intertwine together so it's like I'm a publicist for Brandy Blaze so that means that I am driving most of her media so she needs an article she needs you know Photography. She needs all these different types of mediums, um, record spins, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like that is like the catalyst of like what our art world is kind of like. You know, we still, even though we create the art in this incubator stage, we still need these different platforms and outlets to get our work out. So being a host is a beautiful thing because not only do I love people, but it's just a really good way of me like being able to verbally promote other people and other artists that are in the community. Um, being a spoken word artist is amazing because I write a lot. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I write a lot. So it allows me to like get my experiences out through the spoken word, um, aspect of it and the performance base, but also like, once again, it's another way for me to kind of like promote other artists and like incorporate them and infuse them into the show, um, or in, into my set. So it kind of shines a light on everybody. Um, radio is the same thing. I'm on LFOD radio. Shout out Uncle Sam. Shout out Alex. I love you guys. I miss you guys. Um, you know, it's been difficult even just kind of trying to juggle that. Whereas we took a break before like quarantine. But like now we're trying to like figure out how we could do this live thing because we can't physically go into the radio station. Yeah, so. yeah it's just a lot. Like we're juggling, it's 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 hard. Like I'm trying to juggle a lot, but I, like I said, I feel like they all kind of like intertwine with one another. Um, Yeah. So that I try to find a balance. Um, I'm not yeah. going to lie. Quarantine was really hard in the beginning. I fell into like a huge depression because I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? I'm, I'm also not the only one. artist, yeah. you know, like I'm also a teaching artist. So, everybody around me was getting affected and now I'm kind of like in a space where I'm kind of grateful for the break.
0: Yeah. Finding that silver lining however you can.
2: Yeah. Because now I'm able to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, in what ways was I investing my time to what things was I investing my time? And like, what do I really, what am I really passionate about coming out of all this, which is a beautiful experience.
1: I agree. This is a time where we can reflect and find out what is really important to us, and go after those things and support those things, and then cut off the rest or take, you know, uh, reduce the rest of those things that are, with thought, may be important, but they're not. Those things may have been holding us back from whatever we needed to be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and Amanda, I, I mean. I actually, I listened to another radio interview that you did, I think about a year ago, probably it was, it was with, um, hot 96, nine, ah, um, yes. that was, that was I loved that interview first off, but, Thank you. um, you know, it, it, one of the phrases you used in that interview that resonated with me, which it, it, I think a lot of people use this phrase, but I get the sense from what I understand about you and just the energy you give off that you really hold true to this, like, that speaking your truth is important. And when we're in this moment of isolation and self-reflection and yes, very difficult mental health situations to navigate, how are you speaking your truth? And do you think you're gonna come out of the other side of this? Like who's who is the evolved Amanda Shea? What's gonna be different?
2: <laughs> I laugh because I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no answer for that. Um, no, that's a great question. Um I have been creating a lot. I think playing with kind of like the darker shadows of who Amanda Shea is. Um this quarantine has allowed silence and like just quiet for me. Um and it's bringing up a lot of stuff that I don't think I had the time or the energy to really like concentrate on. So like just thinking about some of my past traumas, some of my past relationships, um, a lot of people may or may not know, but I totally was married um, um, and just like kind of just digging deep into who I am and what I want to portray to the world. Legacy is a huge thing I've been thinking about lately. Um and just like, what, how do I want to leave my mark on this world? Um, thank you for watching the, uh, to, for listening to the interview. That was like a highlight of my career to just meet Pebbles, been in the game for a, a super long time um, living on the Cape. My dad used to channel like Boston radio and we would listen to Pebbles. Wow. So it's crazy. So um, that was definitely a highlight of my career. And Um, talking to Pebbles and just being able to relate, but also being very, very honest. Um, I said a lot of things in that interview that I don't think I've ever really said publicly. And just going back and reflecting on even those moments, it's like, I just want to stay authentically myself at the same time, not portray like an image or a personality. Like this is who I really am. Like how we're talking right now is Like, I would be talking to you in my home without the cameras, without the voice record. You know what I mean? Like, I just want people to know, like, what I, who I am and what I give off is, like, really, really me. And some of the stuff that I'm creating does not sound good. Like, my 12 year old (laughs) heard my poem the other day. (laughs) He, He said, I was doing, like, this humming, like, harmonization, like, through my. Okay, so I don't have any recording equipment. I'm using my phone, so it's funny. I'm using like voice notes through Android. It's interesting. Oh, wow.
0: Like this is and then like- garage band layering or something. <laughs> yes. oh <my> God. <laughs> All about <Yes>. it. <laughs> All about yes.
2: it. Yes. So I'm like trying to make shift. This is what people did before technology. You know what I mean? So um I was like spitting the poem over this hum, and my son goes, Wow. And I was like, You like it? And he goes, That was depressing. I was like,
0: <laughs> the honesty of youth.
2: Right. And I was like, it was depressing. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, your words were depressing, but like, then you added that hum to it. He goes, I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, We laughed about it. It was funny because we laughed about it because we felt that energy because like the room changed over. Like we felt it. Yeah. But we like laughed through it. And I was like, well, I don't want to make you sad. And he was like, well, then you might have to change some things about that. (laughs) But that's what I feel like. I'm kind of sad. Um, I'm talking about how COVID has affected me personally. I struggle with my own um, mental health issues. I definitely am very, very open about having depression and struggling with depression and struggling with anxiety and social anxiety. I'm very open about that stuff. Um, Before this quarantine, I was told I needed surgery on my neck, um, which was really interesting. Um, I have some dislodged dislodged discs in my neck that are putting pressure on my spine. So it was, like, getting hit, and I just started writing stuff that I'm, like, I wrote a poem, like, maybe 20 minutes after I got the results, after, like, crying my eyes out, and I read it to Brandy, actually, and um, one of my other really good friends, Free, and they were, like.
1: Legend. Amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of write. Like, I'm a writer that writes from, like, feeling. So if I'm feeling something, I'm going to write about it. So I think when I emerge out of here, people are going to really see, like, maybe not just like always like the nicer side of like the poems that I do do maybe they're going to see like just a different complete side of me and maybe be shocked by it maybe not but i'm very um in experimental stages right now with just like trying vocals and trying to infuse production and live instrumentation i even have an opera singer like <laughs> in one of my poems like i'm just really just oh, trying shit. to capture sound and like capture the feeling of what I've been going through. That's
1: yeah. beautiful. When I hear this, it just reminds me of, Hey, we're all going through this dark time and it's hilarious about your son, but it's also like, there's a reason why I listen to the national and sad music quite a bit because sometimes like you just want to listen to sad music, you know? Definitely. Um, Seriously. So, yeah,
0: and like not everyone has the ability to express themselves so tangibly through art, mm. you know, like everyone has their way of expressing themselves, right? right. But not everyone has the, whether it's natural, natural abilities or the tools at their disposal to do so effectively through a poem or through a drawing, you know, and, and that's right. Having that ability is not only a gift to yourself but it's a gift that if you do choose to share it out in the world I know will help others
2: thank you the shadow work is not pretty though like we hide so much as human beings like that we we have like the ability to carp uh, comp uh, carp oh my gosh I can't even say the word the beers already getting to me um carp Use the carpet Carpe, Carpe
0: DN That shit.
2: There it is. There Keeping that shit, Carpen. Car, I can't Carpe. even say it. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> the Bears already got me. Um, we have the ability to kind of like blank out like really tragic moments. I mean, wow. I watch a lot of crime shows. Like Netflix binge watching has kind of been a thing. Got to like,
0: do what you got to do.
2: And um, they say it, they're like, when you witness something really, really tragic, or you're going through something really, really tragic, like the brain has like this ability to tell the body like what to do to kind of heal itself really fast, and like, make sure like you're okay. Um, It's really, really interesting. And I'm like, some of these experiences, like I'm, I'm like writing, and I'm talking about stuff out loud to myself. And I'm remembering all this stuff. And I'm like, where did this go? I haven't thought about this in like 15 years, 16 years, 17 years. You know what I mean? It's weird how that works out. So it's just been a blessing. I, I hear a lot of people talking about shadow work. I hear a lot of people talking about just going inward with themselves. Um, but I also hear a lot of people um, talk about how you know, they expected certain things from people in the community that like hold a certain weight before this quarantine time and how they don't really see them doing that type of work now. And I... I, I really want to tell those people, like, stop doing that because we don't know what people are going through behind the scenes. I know when this happened, people were like, Are you going to do like a virtual hosting? Like, are you going to host something? Are you going to come? And I'm like, Are you kidding me? I can't even think about like five minutes from now. And never mind, think about putting on community events. And like, I love my community for sure. But if I'm not good with myself, then how helpful am I to my community when I'm not operating at 100%? I'm giving you all 50% of what I have to give. That's not loving community in my, in my mind. I would mm-hmm. rather operate from a real place, from a healthy place, than to try to fake or, or force my way to be better to show up. If I'm going to show up, I want to be showing up and present you know you can physically be in a space but not presently be there
1: Yeah, always i i had a therapist who said it like this we all have a certain amount of medicine you give you give certain amount of medicine away to people who are hurting who are you know need it who need your time but you have to keep a certain amount of medicine for yourself in order to survive and to be you know fully there and fully present and fully whole. And that's when you get run down. That's when you when you don't have enough to take care of yourself as well. Then everything you're doing for all these other people, it's, it's not, you're not fully there, you're not fully in it. And they can tell, you know, they can tell that you're not giving everything that you have.
2: Agreed. No, that's right. You can't pour beer from an empty cup, J.D.,
1: Hey now. You know,
2: you <laughs> know, you just can't.
0: JD is never out of beer. No. That much is true. Beer no. is the medicine. You, That's what it
1: is. You should see the uh, beer fridge right over here. I am fully stocked. Thank God. I'm pretty stocked for my standards too. Not. I'm pretty. Your level.
2: I have the ones that you all gave me and. <laughs> I'm gonna be sucking out the can.
1: <laughs> I will have to uh, make some routine like JP beer drops your way. That way, I can stop by Turtle Swamp as well. Swing by, like a- any
0: excuse to get to TSB.
2: Yeah. Yes, there you go.
0: We'd now like to bring you in on a portion of our stream that we hosted via Instagram Live. You'll hear a performance, but first, JD and Amanda have a taste of Lupelo, a dry hopped pills from Maine's Oxbow Brewing Company.
2: Let's go. Ooh. Cheers. Salute.
1: So we've been chatting with Amanda for the last like half hour or so. She's been amazing, and we are going live, gonna taste this beer from Oxbow. And then I think Amanda, you wanted to share a little performance or two with with the audience, is that right?
2: Yes. So I've been writing a lot, like I was telling you. And um, this is kind of new. Well, it is pretty new. I've performed it once. Um, Shout out to, if you can feel it, you can speak it, open mic. Um, they're actually doing it virtually now every um, Thursday. So instead of once a month, you get them four times a month. So I performed it there, but I'm gonna perform it here with y'all. Okay, so this is called Artist. He painted me. I was the canvas, dull and lifeless, stuck in redundancy, I was blind. He showed me colors. Taught me to see how bright my future was with or without him. I couldn't let go. God gifted me with a talented artist whose brush strokes awakened my spirit art. Our glass house would be shattered by envious stones we threw from inside. To preface, our museum was full, fragile. Carried heirlooms we never historically recalled but would soon uncover. The facts remained in pieces. Of the desecrated artifacts, so we dug deep. This unrequited love is timeless. He fed me, he uplifted me out of graves of atrocities and triggers. I should have warned him it was, in fact, my baggage that would lead us into abandonment. He was too shy to acknowledge my cries or call them out. He called me art, his motif. Feeling like a Monet fraudulent, like a thief in the night he stole my heart, afraid he'd leave it on the dock, its precious cargo. That's when it began, the deconstruction of us. How could art be destroyed? My Michelangelo, chiseled. I carve out his figure with my fingers every night, lay with his body as though it were priceless, gripping so hard but gentle so he doesn't break. Leading me to hold on for too long. I wasn't willing to let go. God sent me him in his image. How could I not keep him my caricature? May he stay on my keychain to forever unlock this love we share, but art changes forms. He formulated a sentence I couldn't comprehend. I turned and said, I can't do this no more. Knowing I could, but didn't want to face the fate of him traveling abroad overseas. All my life I've swam. His waters to freedom were too abrasive from my arms. My backstroke isn't developed. The photo of us is now blurred. The shadows can't bleed through the contrast of my past relationship. Abusive, dark, his light dimmed by my past aggressor. Distrust loosened the soul of our foundation. Our union is now desecrated. Burying it was too painful, so I left a tubestone to revisit the spot of where he started painting me. Nourishing me with the basic lessons of writing music notes he rapped fills my memory. He rapped me with instrumentals. Told me I was capable of creating a world I wanted to see but I wasn't confident. To build my ideology of a perfect place so I lost him. In the same space, he helped find me.
1: Fuck. I don't know if people can still hear me but that was so fucking good. I could hear Every word, and that was like I have goosebumps.
2: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't I understand. That.
1: Like, where does where does that come from inside of you? Because I like, I write. I, you know, have my own things, but that's like just for me. I don't share it very often. Um, so, like, or I I journal a lot as well, but nothing like like that and what you do where does where does that come from and how did you you know is it just a lot of practice for you or is it something that just flows from from your soul
2: you should have never told me that you write and you barely share it because now i'm gonna hound you Um, (laughs) so the jig is up um (laughs) um thank you it comes from honestly like lots of pain to be honest with you Um, I had a very, like, public, public, public relationship. And I never spoke on why that breakup happened. Um, People would ask me, like, so what happened? And I would always give, like, the cliche answer of, like, we just grew apart. Um, The timing wasn't right. We're both artists, right? Um, But I'm telling you, this quarantine is, like, digging up some stuff because... I was sitting here, laying here one night, and as I said earlier in the podcast, I really write off of like emotion. So like if I'm really happy, which is interesting because I haven't written anything really happy to my standards, but when I'm upset or I'm in a space or I'm in regret or sorrow or even grieving someone, I'll try to write. And it just flows out like I'm I'm a very visual person, so I see the image in my head. Like I remember the memories, or I remember, or I see an image, and I write off of that. Um, But yeah, that's exactly where it comes from. Like just really just being reflective. And that night that that poem came out, I was looking at pictures, and um, I was actually organizing my Google Drive. Interesting how quarantine (laughs) gives you enough time to do that. (laughs) And um, as I was organizing the drive, I ran across a photo shoot that we had did together. And it was absolutely beautiful because it was like paint. And I remember it was like a really good experience. So all these memories like of the relationship, of the shoot came like flooding back. And that's why I think the first line came to me. It was like, he painted me dull and lifeless. I was stuck in redundancy. And those bars really come from, or those lines, I should say, I always talk like I'm a rapper, but I'm not. (laughs) But um, those lines come from exactly that. He painted me. And when I said dull and lifeless, I was dull and lifeless. And I was stuck in redundancy, redundancy of societal program, of telling me how to live my life. And the fact that I have two children who are now teenagers at this point, You know, that I'm supposed to get married and buy this house and have a career and do all these things by societal terms that would grant me this ultimate happiness because family is everything. And family is everything. However, not everything is always like how you plan it. And when I met him, like he really like showed me what artistry was really about, you know, and reminding myself that I was an artist since a child, you know, and That's where the all the stuff that I'm saying is literally an outline in the blueprint of like what happened there. And because I felt like I never got a chance to say like, because, you know, people want to know whose fault it is. Like people sometimes love drama. So they'd be like, oh, so what happened? I'm like, I don't have a scoop. But what I can tell you is that I had some baggage and I had some insecurities and I had some demons that I was still bringing along and dragging through myself that I then dragged into that relationship that helped its demise. Ultimately, I'm just, this is me taking accountability of, you know, putting this person on a, on a pedestal in a sense, because to me at that time, that's how I viewed this person. You know what I mean? And, showing like as much as you can think of someone so high it you're internal if that's not right it doesn't matter because you're never going to be able to like honor that if that makes sense you know so I felt like this was my my time to kind of say that for myself out loud and um just reflect and what's interesting is I don't know how he would feel about it but I kind of wanted to use those photos for the piece because that's what inspired me for the piece. It's funny how your own art with someone else can inspire other art
0: because it, it doesn't stop art.
2: Not at all grows
0: and lives on just as we do. Legacy. So, knowing that I was going to talk to you today and hearing what you just shared as well, it it made me think of the role that we all. Try to embody as best we can as community builders and supportive pieces of this larger Boston creative framework. And while I, I concede, you know, I, I didn't live in Boston for that long. It was what two, two, a little over two years. But I, I felt so connected immediately. And one thing that I can remember was when the Haley House Cafe closed. And
2: the Haley House,
0: I know, and and you know, it it didn't end the poetry slam, but it made the poetry slam homeless.
2: And yes, that was
0: like the place where. So I moved from Chicago, where I'm from, and <gasps> from had Chicago. been fortunate enough to meet a ton of really dope poets and MCs over there. And when I moved to Boston, I, I Haley House was the place that I was able to experience. Uh, in the most firsthand way, that Mm -hmm. spoken word culture. And so with the combination of changes like that happening in the city, as well as the imposed um, circumstances that don't allow us to gather, I was really curious about your advice for young writers and aspiring poets um, in terms of development and opportunities in Boston right now.
2: Ooh, yes. First and foremost, I have to applaud a lot of different platforms that are really pushing to have like their stuff online and being able to be on Zoom chats and going live. Um, the first one I had already mentioned, and that's, if you can feel it, you can speak it. <laughs> um, you have to say it like that because like, that's just how you do it. Um, that's okay, every yeah. Thursday. And then another one of my faves is the Dirty Grunge um, and it's based out of Worcester. Hi, Alex. I love y'all. They have an open mic every single Monday night, which is absolutely friggin' cool. Um, where else, where else, where else? Oh, first, uh, first night Fridays, first church Fridays. Um, they're usually taking place in JP right around the corner from the historical White House in JP. For those who know, know next to the JP licks, they have an open (laughs) mic, but they're trying to move it virtually right now. So it's not up yet, but stay tuned for that. The Nurekan Cafe, historical, historical space based in New York. I was scheduled to go there on um, March 16th, but the COVID, the COVID t- turned away. COVID. <laughs> the COVID was like, no, um, actually on the 14th, we're going to shut everything down. So I wasn't able to go. However, they have an open mic every Monday night, every um, Thursday night. Um, online in their virtual space on Zoom. You don't have to pay. It's obviously you can donate. And these are all the ones that I'm talking about are all like donate what you can, but there's not like a set fee. So I do suggest if you can like spare a couple dollars, even $5 goes a long way because it helps pay for the features that are up on these mics. For youth, um, I would suggest following City of Boston. There's so many grants and opportunities right now for youth to get involved in. And I'm actually coming out with a workshop, it's, I want to call it a workshop, but I also want to call it like an open mic type of space. It's a sharing space, if you will. And it's called work in progress. So WIP, it's going to happen every first Wednesday of the month. It's kind of like an ode to the Hope Inc open mics for those who know, know. Um, and the Wind Down Wednesdays with DJ y Sham we used to do at Suya Joint. For those who know, know. So I wanted to kind of honor that and do it every first Wednesday of the month where artists can come and just share their work. So people think like I'm always like so confident, like putting out my pieces. That's a lie. Okay. Like I'm sensitive about my shit. So if it's new, I'm especially sensitive about my shit. So sometimes, you know, especially right now, I don't have a lot of people to bounce it off of unless I'm on the phone or calling people. It's not the same as performing it in front of an audience. But this workshop, this space will create that opportunity for us to kind of get feedback on our work, interact with each other on the work, kind of, you know, do like a QA. and a Like when people when my artist friends hit me with something new if it, if the message is not like clear for me and I like get the message, I'm like, especially poets. I know, I know some of y'all are like, Amanda is, (laughs) she will ask so many questions, but I just want to know, like, give me that feeling. Like when you wrote this line, like, okay, you went to this doctor's office, for instance, like what did that feel like as a, as a trans person? Like what did that feel like when the doctor ignored you? Like what did you feel in your body? You know what i mean like i want it as the like as the person who's hearing this i just want to hear and feel if i were in your shoes how would that how would that make me feel so that's That's happening. So if you have any youth or you know anybody that would be interested, um, June 3rd, we're going to be ramping it up. And I say we like it's a crew, but it's really just me like putting it on. But it's we as a collective.
0: Well, let's find you a crew and or, yeah, we're all the crew.
2: You know, we're all in the crew. Like if not, it would just be Amanda's work in progress. And it would be me by myself (laughs) with myself.
0: I don't know. I've. I, I. I found myself thinking so much about what it would, what like it's hard enough for us as adults to be living through this. Yeah, but I I feel so much for those that are studying right now or are about to go to university and like that's already such a vulnerable state of mind in which you're trying to shape yourself and the world around us is is imposing such unprecedented circumstances so that's that's really why i wanted to dive into that and that was i mean that was like the the guidebook the comprehensive guidebook and, <laughs> and amazing that you're launching that that's so great um
2: thanks you know
0: i as you're talking through that i i think about the legend the one and only Catherine morris
2: oh my gosh
0: i, I think about cat morris year 4 of BAM's Fest in which you hosted a few years ago in which I was very fortunate enough to volunteer at for a few years um, it, you know this it, it was building so much momentum as a free family friendly yes a uh, festival lifting up artists of color in the city in which the, the the very structure and culture of the city was founded on various forms of racism through every level of society right so talk about it we have to. And that still exists today. That's why Uba the Sinclair was a big deal. That's why Cliff Notes at Atwoods was a big deal. So, like, I yes. am really curious about, like, what your take is on the Boston music community as a whole in terms of artist equity and opportunity and frankly, like almost what is, what's hooked you? You know, you, I understand you grew up in the Cape then you were in Providence and you're in South Carolina and then you came here and you've been here for over 10 years. So like what, what hooked you and kept you and what do we need to work on, especially right now while we're all inside and thinking so introspectively?
2: Whew. If you would have asked. I know it's this, like 12 questions. No, nah, but it's cool. I caught them advantage. all. I caught them all. It's like Pokemon. I caught them all. Um, If you would have asked me this question probably like eight years ago, I probably would have had a very negative response. Um, I feel like right now where we're at and what's hooked me, um, I came here in 2006. Even though I've been here for like 14 years, y'all, in August, it'll be 14 years. I can't claim Boston still because I didn't go to high school or middle school here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so true it's crazy how the people here have still have their same high school friends the same middle school friends (laughs) and they like they stay together forever no
2: they are dedicated okay they're like nah you can't claim boston if what middle school you went to what high school you went to like oh you went to college you a transplant like you ain't really from here (laughs) And it's fine, like I get it. I still rep Boston on my back, like I'm from here. But What I love about Boston and, like, what it's done for me was some of the schools that I went to out here. Like, I went to Roxbury Community College, got my associates and my certificate in paralegal studies. That's where I was introduced to um, Club Hope, which is now Hope, Inc. Hop on Proper Education. Gang, gang. Those are my people. Um, That's where I was, like, introduced to, like, open mic spoken word type vibes because, like, I was from the Cape. Like, we don't have that shit over here. (laughs) like we got beaches we got (laughs) beaches and method's vineyard we don't have nothing else so (laughs) so for me i was like oh this is dope not only that but like rcc low key high key taught me a lot about my culture and black history i didn't know half of the shit that i know now before in the cape all i learned was like martin luther king jr rosa parks malcolm x I had no clue who WBEB Du Bois was. I had no clue who Megger Evers was. I had no, I, I'm not ashamed to say, I had no clue. So like they, I feel like I got so much like education, culture, learned about arts and like artistry here in Boston. So like, I love Boston for that. I love Kat Morris. The way, like, and Kat is a little younger than me, low-key, high-key. And, like, I look up to her so much. Like, she has just wrapped her arms around not only myself, but so many other artists in the community. Like, just so supportive, providing platforms. BAMS Fest is super important. Because, like you said, the liberal, you know, we we claim to be this that state, but mm, we see a lot of, inequality. And I think a couple years ago with musical artists especially I didn't feel like they were in these spaces that they they are in now. Like we weren't seeing people at Brighton Music Hall. We weren't like like local artists. We weren't seeing them at the Great Scott. Oh, the Great Scott, I'm so sorry. Triggered oh. Oh, um I, I can't talk about it because I still haven't processed the fact that like, that's a reality. I'm praying like donations will keep coming in and please reach out to Christine, like donate, please. Like if we could save it, let's try. Um, Sonia, you know, Middle East, like we weren't seeing a lot of like local art. I hate saying the word local, but artists in Boston or even in New England, like really having these platforms, unless it was like some kind of rock, heavy metal. You know what I mean? So like to see the the changeover and like what's happening now with the BAMS Fest, with Arts Connect uh, International. Arts Connect International teaches artists about equity. We see uh, organizations like Dunamis. We see places like Dorchester Arts Project that is now like, yo, we're about the artists. Like they need this platform. You know, they have a free open mic every month when, you know, before this quarantine, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's really beautiful to see that they're fostering these things cliff notes too like even with the stance against like boston calling with boston answering like the power in artistry is real and i think that the more we've come together which has been tremendously in the last three years that i've seen you know if we keep doing that the more opportunities we're going to be able to create and more doors we're going to be able to bust down in like three, four years ago, if you told me that artists had an opportunity to perform at Isabella Gardner or MFA, like look at what the, fr- the, the Friday night, yeah. late night, you know, what we're seeing now is like, yo, we deserve to be in these spaces. We also deserve to be paid for our time and our artistry. Like yeah. where is yeah. it happening? And if we can't, if we're not going to be al- allowed to the table, then we're going to have to build our own table and and bring the people to our table.
0: I mean, people need to wake up. I Thank mean, you. Yes. I I spent I spent two different like two years volunteering at Bamps Fest, just thinking why are more people not here? To be fair, one day was very poor weather. The other day was perfect. It's yeah. Like why? Like I, I wanted to walk down the streets of South End and Back Bay and be like, why are you not at this event?
2: What this crazy. is way
0: more important than what you're doing.
2: But that's the okay. same with the
0: same with Boston answering when Cliff did that.
2: Oh like, yeah, but you know, but you know something though. I'm a very firm believer of sometimes you create a space, and even though you just name those really different places, South End and back. Maybe right now it's too much for them, and and it's okay, and that's okay. Who is there in those spaces at that time? It's supposed to be in those spaces at those places at that time. I think with Bams Fest, the first year, like you said, the weather was kind of... Eh, and it was also its first year. But by the second year, it was huge. Like The amount of people that came out, it was incredible.
1: And that's something that's special about Boston. Like Traveling so many places, living in other places, Boston is special... In that it has so many talented people and people who are willing to take a chance to go up against Boston Calling, like this huge festival, and make something special against that, and challenge the fucking system. And it doesn't happen in many other places. Mm-hmm. Boston is resilient. It's it's talented, but, and there are not many places where you see so many artists actually come together. And this is a place where you can actually see that. And it's special. It's special. It is,
2: especially now. I mean, you asked me about inequalities. Like we still have so much work to do. Like there's still so much work to do. Um, we need an abundance. We need a connecting driving force. Like where's our pipeline or our bridge? What, they, what I've been hearing a lot lately, these, t- these keywords, the bridge to other cities. Let me speak for myself. My target audience is not just Boston. Amanda Shea's target audience is not just the people in Boston. It is global, international. I want to reach as many people as possible. So as much as I love my city and, you know, they support me and hold me, I also know that I may have to leave and go other places to also branch out. But I don't want to leave the city. You know what I mean? Affordable housing is a thing. We should be talking more about artists housing and artist lofts so that artists who are really full-time artists or part-time artists don't have to work like seven eight different side gigs to be able to afford the market rent here and then they're forced out because they can't like who can afford two thousand dollars on their own without roommates like it's just crazy like i don't want to have to move to somewhere else to feel like i i've made it or i can make it in a in a, a bigger impact because boston is still in its incubator stages as far as like providing stability for artists here or even low income housing. Like we need more of that and not more gentrification and not more like corporate buildings and not more, you know, condos. If I see one more condo, I'm going to like cry. Cause like who can afford those? Seriously.
0: I have 20 things I want to feed into with it, but but what it comes down to is banding together as a community and understanding where your energy is best spent you know and and i think that the boston music community is very lucky to have you and oh
2: you know, thank you
0: if we have a second i kind of want to try a new tactic
2: okay on the pod i'm i'm the we- first one I'm, the, I'm the- you're the first
0: one. Okay. Yep. yep, episode Again. episode uh, what 13, 14, something like that. Uh and you're the first one. So what, what we're going to do is JD has three rapid fire
1: questions. Ooh.
0: You can answer them with one word Ooh. or one phrase. I'm if, you really, if you really if you really need a phrase, but you're a poet, maybe you'll be able to do the word. Yeah. But like we're one poetry. word or phrase. Okay. And you can take a few seconds to think, but like, otherwise, you got to be pretty quick. Okay. Okay. Woo. You got
2: this?
1: You ready? You I'm, I'm ready,
2: but I'm like, it's not fair. I had some beer first. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Number one. Uh, Give me your most underrated MC in the city.
2: Oh, there's only one. I can only use one. Just one. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh lance jackson lance jackson oh no 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 uh taylor Tayshawn taylor Tayshawn taylor no both of them i don't know <laughs> all
1: right we'll that lance jackson too because i fucking love lance he's amazing i fucking Fuck yeah. love
2: lance jackson
1: yep next question number two this actually comes from brandon johnson which you i know you know that uh, that man he's an amazing dude i love
2: brandon hi he's all things so harmony At all oh, things all harmony
1: oh man uh, so if you had to, identify, and this comes from your Instagram story from uh, last night, actually. Uh, so if you had to uh, in- identify with the music of any decade, what would it be?
2: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, there's no skip. No, there's not. Nope. No.
1: Nope. Mm-mm. All
2: right. All right. All right. Uh, uh, oh, oh, my God. Nina Simone is like just playing like playing in my head but we just did 90s yesterday so i'm gonna say uh, uh, okay 90s, 90s 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 okay keep going keep going I mean, okay.
1: 90s it is 90s, 90s, 90s. All, right. all right uh what's your go-to quarantine food
2: my go-to food in quarantine oh yeah what ha-
1: oh coconut cake coconut cake what are you like are you making coconut cake all the time how where are you where are you getting this Uh, so
2: first of all you're trying to like (laughs) you're trying to put me on blast over here because i'm not a baker um so i've been store buying the coconut cake it's from Entimins. It's so good. It's like in the frozen food section, and I gotta like wait for it to thaw sometimes just so I could cut it. But it's yeah, I want that thing ever.
1: Give me that. All right, it's so coconut. Good. All right, so I'm gonna have to go and get some coconut cake. Shit. Yes,
2: please. When you bring me the beer, I'll bring you. I'll give you the cake.
1: Dill. Exchange done. Yes. <laughs> done. Legal. Yes. <laughs> Amanda, can I just say that my phone has been, ever since we posted that you were on the podcast, my phone has been blowing up because people love you and you are a fucking light in the city, so please know that there are so many people on this fucking thing who have been shouting you out and being like, we cannot believe that she is on here. We love her so much. She's amazing. People... Fucking love you. You are a light, and I know that earlier we we're speaking about you, like writing in darkness. But you are joy to so many people. So please,
2: please <laughs> know that.
1: Please, please don't stop because we love you so much.
2: Oh, I love you guys. First of all, thank you for sharing that with me. Okay, so now I'm like tipsy and emotional. This is not good. <laughs> I'm gonna go write a piece after here. <laughs> um, Thank you for sharing that. I think to be completely transparent, sometimes we don't know that part. You know, we just, I speak for a lot of people. I speak for, well, I don't want to speak for anybody, but The Kat Morrises of the world, you know, the Valerie Stevens of the world, the Nina La Negra's of the world, like, you just sometimes, and I'm missing so many people, but like, you sometimes just never realize, like, the love that people have for you, you just kind of just keep going, you know, like, you just want to exude everything you have in these people because I'm only a light because it's a mere reflection of, like, the people that I, I love, like. I, I am only, I, that is it. I'm just a vessel, you know? And my purpose on this world in this world is to be supportive and help people get the encouragement and the inspiration to just be their best selves and be their better selves. Um, I love every single person. I tell people I don't even know that I love them because we just got to get back to humanity. One of my favorite philosophers is Immanuel Kant and he has this philosophy called utilitarianism and it's about doing what's best for the greater number of, of people um, and I've always um, tried to live my life like that like if that means it, I have to sacrifice myself to make sure that all these other people can be seen and heard like I'll do that if that means I have to Go up on stages sometimes where, you know, to be honest, like at the Oberon performance I had in March, I had a whole anxiety attack. Like if I could do that and like still push through that and somebody in the audience be like, yo, I felt that like you spoke what I was going through or yo, like I write and I I just want to go up there and perform like it, I just want to I just want to give love. Like I love Barb Marley. He's my birthday twin, February 6th, Aquarius. Oh. And like it makes sense to me, you know. Like Rastafarians and, and and that culture are really about just spreading love and truth and and educating the people and upliftment of the people. That's all I'm trying to do. And like, if people gravitate to that, that's a beautiful thing. And even if you don't like me as a person, that's okay. Like, it's all right. At the end of the day, though, I think you will re- still respect me for the for the way that I I I I, I move. You know, you may not like me personally, but you'll respect, like, the movement and what I'm trying to do. So I'm just really, like, a reflection of my community.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Amanda, thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for we having it. me. Yeah, it is an absolute pleasure. We could have talked for, like, five hours. Maybe Good. an entire day. We probably could have talked for 24 hours if we wanted I mean,
2: drop out my number. I'm always down to chat. Like, we don't, yeah, we don't have to record we'll it. Do
0: that. We'll but if like, you want to record it, you could.
1: 24 hours and we
0: we'll <laughs> live stream some of it until it cuts out. I will send <laughs> you
1: some uh, voice, like Android messages. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well,
0: but no, like, uh, for me, especially, like, Amanda, like, you and JD have been able to connect so deeply, like, through Canopy Room and just that magical space. Uh, and you and I haven't been able to do that as much uh, to this point. So I'm. Incredibly grateful um and honored to have this conversation with you. Um we're excited to get this shared out to the world and to everyone who's listening. Support this fucking woman. Thank you. <laughs> support it. Thank Did you. It's a podcast.
2: <laughs> support the fucking podcast. my <laughs> Pod is amazing.
0: Thank you for joining us for another socially distanced episode of Through the Draft Line. Our logo is designed by Heidi Geist, and our theme music by Tim Hall. We'll see y'all on the flippity flip.